the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. What a day. We went higher than we thought, over 70 degrees this afternoon to go along with some sunny breaks after we had morning rain. We're expecting those some more rain to kick in in the next few hours, and then uh, skies will clear out later, low down to 42. Tomorrow and Sunday look to be pretty nice. Times of cl- uh, clouds and sun and a high of 50 tomorrow, 46 for Sunday. Flyers lost last night to Washington. Coming down the home stretch of the season, they can't lose too many more if they want to get into the playoffs. They'll try and get back on track tonight at Toronto. Sixers are home against Sacramento uh, at 7 o'clock this evening. And the Phillies are uh, in the midst of a game with Tampa Bay in uh, spring training. Actually, I think it's Tampa Bay they're playing this afternoon. Toronto they're playing this afternoon. Uh, We'll check on that score a little bit later on. We are coming up uh, this hour on a number of cool things. We have uh, award-winning sports writer Mike Sealski going to join us. He wrote a book a while back called Fading Echoes, and it details uh, really, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a complicated, it's not the word, but a very full story. It's a football story, it's a military story, and uh, details the program of Central Bucks West, Central Bucks East, which were powerhouses, especially CB West, 70s, 80s, 90s, have a well-known program. And there's a story uh, he'll be telling with us. We'll have that on in a little bit here. We also have some contests that we need to do, some prizes to give away. And, of course, being our famous Friday show, we have our Now That's Punny segment coming up uh, as well. And Joe will have the sound effects ready. It'll be a good time. Trust me. So that's all coming up. But before we go any further, let me give our toll-free number out, 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345. Have that ready because we'll ask you to call in and use it soon to win a Duncan or uh, Wawa gift card. We've been doing that uh, courtesy of Brian or Chevrolet the past few weeks, and we'll continue doing that the indefinite future. Before we go any further, though, let's jump on uh, our party music here, so to speak. We have Kirk Franklin. This is Looking For You on AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo, come on. Father. 
been so good to us. <laughs> you brought us from a mighty long way. That's why we love you. Come on. For you, 408, Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. I'd like to hook somebody up with a Wawa or Duncan gift card courtesy of Brian or Chevrolet right now. 800-560-WFIL is our toll-free number. 800-560-9345. Give a quick call and we'll take a random winner to win. We also have a CD from Apologetics to hand out. Going to play something from them in a little bit as we head into our conversation with award-winning sports writer Mike Sielski in just a little bit. So keep that number handy and call in as you will. First one through 800-560-9345. We'll grab that uh, Duncan or Wawa gift card. And again, after the break, we'll have a song from Apologetics and hand out a CD of theirs. It's all happening on the Tim DeMoss Show. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 412, Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Hola, que pasa? Hi, I'm calling in um, for the contest at Tim DeMoss just now. That's me. And yes. Oh, hi, Tim. Hey, who's this? 
This is Rita Haynes. I'm from Southampton, New Jersey. Congratulations, Rita. Thank you, Tim. You're welcome. I enjoy your show. I enjoy you being there. Thank you. What's the What's the plan for the weekend for you? I'm actually going on a retreat tomorrow. I'm going on a women's retreat. Lovely. Time of recharging, coffee, getting the Bible, talk, and do do all that all over again. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. <laughs> Good. We uh, I'll put you through to Joe and make sure we have your info and get that out to you. And you can pick uh, Duncan or Wawa. You have a preference? Thank you. I'll, I'll go with Wawa. Okay. We can do that. Hang on one sec. Congratulations, Dorita. Want to make another winner now, this time of a CD from the group Apologetics, which features a bunch of songs. They are a band, a Christian band. They parody uh, everything from Guns N' Roses to Foreigner. Uh, this CD that I'm handing out, Van Halen, Traveling Wilburys, is the song I'll play for you here. Instead of Handle With Care, they uh, switched it over to Handle With Prayer. Don't forget, by the way, we have a prayer center on our website. If you could use prayer, we're glad to do that for you. Uh, you just go to WFIL.com, click the More tab, drop-down menu. There's a prayer center right there. You can leave a request. And feel free to just visit as a listener and, and see what people are asking prayer for. You can pray for your fellow listener that way, too. So that said, let me put on a song from Apologetics' CD here uh, featuring this song, Handle with Prayer. And uh, take the first one through 800-569-345 to win a copy. And we'll mail it out to you on Monday so you can have it sometime next week. AM 560 WFIL. Wind speed up and batted us round. Waves swept up, but I did not drown. What a blessing to find solid ground. Man, though we were scared. Then too crazed, unchainable. Men with demons followed us all. Yeah, they were. And though we were scared I saw fired up demons moaning Christ still had control of them But he showed these ghettos he cared Everybody got some brothers to leave Watch them exercise the demons. Christ did not stop and we made it through. I've seen something really cool. He made them enter some swine too. Man, though we were scared. Exercise the demons. I see those guys when they're possessed. 
WFIL's Apologetics from their Nietzsche CD and Handle with Prayer. Take off on the Traveling Wilburys Handle with Care. Before I forget, because there's a lot happening in our famous Friday show, uh, the Casting Crowns Getaway Giveaway that we've been talking about now for a while is concluding at midnight tonight. It involves an opportunity for you to win a trip for two to see Casting Crowns in Minneapolis or perhaps go to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. There's music involved. There's a lot of stuff you can win. And just because you haven't entered yet doesn't mean you can't. So when you get a second, go to WFIL.com and click on the uh, Casting Crowns Getaway Giveaway banner and get yourself in the mix for that because I'd like to see you win. I'll be rooting for you. Indeed, I will. Uh, we are glad now. It's been taking a while because we've been just going back and forth on this, but we are finally able to coordinate schedules and bring in our uh, guest for today, Mike Sielski. He's an award-winning author, Philly uh, News, and does the uh, Inquirer and Daily News deal. And welcome aboard, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Named the top sports columnist in America by the AP in 2015, which is also when Bryce Harper had his big year as well. So maybe... A thir- Connection? I don't know. <laughs> I think a 13-year, $330 million contract may be in your future, possibly. Your, your mouth to God's ears, my friend. <laughs> well, what, just before we get into things, what went into winning that award other than great writing? Did you have to – did you know about it even? Or sometimes there's an application process and the media outlets are promoting their own, you know, all that sort of thing? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a uh, big national contest that the Inquirer and the Daily News enter every year, and uh, – it was just my year. That's kind of the way I look at it. I'm wow. very fortunate. You know, they take a sampling of your work over the course of the calendar year. And, yeah, I mean, the wheel just spun around on my name for, for once, which was very nice. That's great. Well, congratulations again on that. And uh, not that you're right to win awards, but it must be, you know, feel validating and good to be recognized by your peers, too. So that's great. It does. Thanks. You've written thousands of columns over the years. Um, already in March, pieces on all the four Philly teams, um, Bryce Harper, the, the Flyers head coach, Scott Gordon, and uh, Bede with the Sixers, and Jason Peters with the Eagles, and Deshaun Jackson just a couple days ago coming back to Philly. But also a couple books, including Fading Echoes, which we want to get into in a minute. Before we get further with that, though, just talk a quick second about your initial thoughts on the two big deals that have happened lately, the Jackson coming back for the Eagles and Harper uh, you wrote a piece on that. In fact, that was kind of interesting how you, you brought about the uh, the context for the Harper signing with the Phils. Sure. Well, uh, we'll deal with that one first. It's not often that this happens in Philadelphia where the face of a particular sport ends up here. Bryce Harper, no matter what you think about him as a ball player compared to, say, a Manny Machado or a Mike Trout, I think we can all agree he is the face of baseball. He's the most recognizable popular player. This doesn't happen all that often in Philadelphia. And the only, the most appropriate analogy or precedent that I could think of was when Julius Irving came to the Sixers in 1976. He had been in the American Basketball Association in the ABA, um, but he came to the Sixers uh, and it cost them $6 million at the time to do it. They had to pay uh, the Nets $3 million because their owner wanted to move into the NBA. And then they signed Dr. J to a six-year $3 million contract. They paid him half a million dollars a year. And <laughs> wow. when you think about it in terms of, of today's 
economy, if you were to adjust for inflation and all of that stuff, the Sixers only would have paid Dr. J, uh, I believe it was something like $12 million over that six-year contract. So you, it, it speaks to how much sports has expanded and the largesse of it now and yeah. um, just how big a business it's become. As far as Deshaun Jackson, uh, I like the move for the Eagles. I think the conditions are set up here for him to thrive. You know, he's got a coach he respects in Doug Peterson. He's got probably the most talented quarterback uh, he's played with in at least six years, if not the entirety of his 11-year career in the NFL with Carson Wentz. Um, I mean, you can make an argument for Michael Vick or Donovan McNabb, but I'd put Carson right up there with those guys. You know, I mean, he's a player that the Eagles need. They need a deep threat. And uh, I think the only question, is he going to be happy in the role that he has? Um, because there are other guys on this roster who catch a lot of passes, guys like Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz and even Nelson Aguilar, uh, maybe even Dallas Goddard. So is Deshaun going to be happy just occupying the safeties while Ertz and Jeffrey combined for 15 catches in a particular game. Right. Um, we'll have to find that out. Yeah. Well, it does seem on the surface to be a great compliment to what they have and maybe a little older, a little wiser. He'll, he'll uh, take some joy in the team having success. And I'm sure Carson's going to throw it all. He's not going to just bring him out for window dressing. So he'll get his share. That'll be good. It's an exciting season coming up. You haven't talked to Carson by chance. Have you received any comments as to he talked no, about? No, he hasn't been. No, he hasn't been available. You know, you, you get little snippets here and there from him on Twitter, but uh, he hasn't sat down for an interview since he did the uh, the one with the six beat right, the infamous one with the six beat writers yeah. in the wake of that Billy Wish story that you know got everybody in an uproar. <laughs> Mike Sealski is our guest. He's a columnist for the uh, Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer, and uh, writes on all the sports in in, the, in town and uh, loves doing it. Been doing it for many years. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the um, program was because, in general, WFIL is wanting to build into the community. And the book you wrote some years back, Fading Echoes, applies in multiple ways. First off, just the teams themselves at the center of the story, CB West and CB East and Doylestown, are very well known in the football world and uh, in the history of the tri-state area. I myself went to a small Christian school. We had this, a soccer, not even any football at all, but I was well aware of CB West, especially. I graduated in 86, and uh, I could pick up a copy of USA Today, and always see CB West ranked in the top 25 year after year. It was very impressive. So, uh, But, of course, your book goes much further than just football. So share, if you would, to start <laughs> off, your initial path to writing Fading Echoes. Uh, you know, What put it on your radar to even tackle a project like that? Sure. So my first full-time job in sports writing was at the Intelligencer, uh, which is a newspaper based in Doylestown, PA, in Bucks County. And my first job was covering uh, the football programs for both CB West and CB East. So uh, in the fall of 1998, well, you know, when I was 22, 23, and all my buddies were out having a good time on Friday nights, I was going to War Memorial Field most nights in Doylestown to cover West and East. And uh, I got to know a little bit, you know, players on both teams, and uh, in particular, a captain from each team, uh, Brian Buckley, who was a linebacker and fullback, for CB West and uh, Colby Umbrell, who was an offensive and defensive lineman for East. And that year, CB West went on and won the state championship. They went 15-0. It was in the midst of their state record 59-game winning streak. CB East also had a terrific team. They went about 7-3, and if I recall. And I just had a great time covering those teams. Yeah. Fast forward, you know, several years, and I found out that Colby Umbrell, whose name I had remembered, had been killed in action. He had become an army ranger and he had gone on and served in Iraq and uh, he had been killed by an IED, an improvised explosive device. This was in the spring of 2007. So I ended up writing a series of stories about Colby um, for the intelligencer, kind of tracing his path from becoming a high school football player to the kind of guy who would fight and die for his country. 
Uh, and then I came to find out that Brian Buckley, who I also know pretty well, had become a Marine. And he had done a couple of tours in Iraq as well, including in Fallujah, which was really the teeth of the fighting. Yeah. So uh, once I heard that, I thought that there was you know, a broader story there about Doylestown and the connection to high school football and the connection that we often make between sports and what they can prepare you for later in life if lessons are applied properly. And that's kind of how I got the ball rolling on the book. Mike's uh, Sealski, the sports columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer, our guest. Take a brief break. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. We'll continue our conversation. Also coming up, another opportunity to win a Duncan or Wawa gift card. And we have our Now That's Punny segment coming up to round out the program down the road. That and a lot more on the way. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 428, Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Continuing our conversation with the author of a book called Fading Echoes, Mike Sielski. He's the uh, sports columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer, one of many, not the, but one of many. And he's, uh, but he's won awards, and he's including the uh, uh, top sports columnist in America by the Associated Press in 2015. Glad to have him on board today. As much as I love sports and have played them and I've taken them seriously, in recent years I've pulled back from that some and have perhaps downplayed sports a bit in terms of how much they really matter. Even the World Series is called Game 7. But your book, Fading Echoes, gave me reason to at least rethink or reappreciate sports some, especially regarding how the process of training can help you in other life endeavors like it did for Brian and for Colby as they pursued the military path. Yeah, and I would say this too, Tim. I think that the book's themes have taken on, for me anyway, a little bit more resonance in recent years because we hear so much talk now about community um, and how the technology of our age is kind of fraying communities, basically. You know, we don't know our neighbors as well as we once did. Um, People move around so much more. They spend more time on their phones and in front of a screen and all those sorts of things. And, you know, I'm very lucky. My family is very lucky. We live just outside of Doylestown. We have a terrific neighborhood. We've gotten to know our neighbors and our friends. And I think about the story that is told in Fading Echoes about the value of a town and how those Friday nights, no matter whether you were rooting for West or rooting for East, um, no matter what excesses there might have been and might still be in terms of how we treat sports, there is some value, and I think some pretty important value, in a community coming together around an institution or an event like that, whether it's a Friday night football game, whether it's you know, something going on at a local church, whether it's, you know, the, the school system and the programs that it might provide for the people in its area. Those are the kind of, of ties. That's the kind of social capital that really makes American society thrive. And that's something that I think, you know, we're losing a little bit of uh, in today's day and age. So, I mean, to me, that you know, that's the theme of the book that even at the time I, I wasn't 100 percent kind of cognizant of, but it's, it's resonated more with me now. Mike Sielski, sports columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show today on WFIL. I'm guessing, as you spoke with a lot of folks, uh, you know, I mean, you did, uh, as you were building the story, you already kind of knew the central characters to a degree. What was that process like? Did you have a timetable for this? Like, I, you know, are you the natural one? I want to have one more interview. I want to talk to one more person. I want to double check that 
make sure you know I get even fuller picture to tell the story because by by page thirty five, I think I'd met ten people already that you're introducing, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, yeah, I, it's it's funny. I uh, I did have a timetable. You know, I got a book contract. I think it was in July of 2008, and I had to have the manuscript finished by the end of February 2009. So I had about seven months to crack crank away on this. And, I mean, I could tell you, I could go chapter and verse on the adjustments I needed to make with my job and the things, the roadblocks that came up in the yeah. course of trying to finish the manuscript. But yeah, you know, I wanted to talk to as many people as I possibly could. But for the most part, I wanted to keep three main characters in the book. I wanted to keep Brian, Colby, and Doylestown at kind of the center of the book. And while I might spend some time with their parents or I might spend some time helping you get to know you as the reader, get to know their coaches, to me, those two guys and the town that they grew up in were really the three characters. And I wanted to kind of keep all that. They were the, they were the sun, and I wanted to keep all the other planets kind of orbiting around <laughs> that makes sense yeah fading echoes is the book uh and mike sealski the author a true the, uh, a true story of rivalry and brotherhood from the football field to the fields of honor there are a lot of fun facts in the book too as i'm reading through which i'll, I'll get back to that, that in a second but i wanted to ask you you brought doylestown up what you learned about doylestown itself as you worked on it because you know you say you live there uh or nearby but what stuff did you learn as you're you know working on writing the book well, it's got a it's got a pretty amazing history when you think about it. I mean, James Mitchner, you know, was from Doylestown and lived in Doylestown in his youth. The centerpiece of the town is this old inn, um, which has since been turned into a Starbucks, um, which kind of speaks <laughs> to the evolution of the age. Uh, um, yeah, right. But it, it used to put up soldiers who were traveling during the days of the American Revolution, and so Doylestown today and 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 its progression over time, it's it's remained a relatively diverse community in terms of its thinking. I mean, it's, it's predominantly white in terms of the actual race of the people who live here, but in terms of um, the thoughts and attitudes and priorities of the people who live here, it's very diverse. You've got a, you know, a long Quaker tradition. There's a mix of economic backgrounds. You have people who prize the football program and prize sports. You have people who don't pay any attention to that and are really interested in the arts. Yeah. So in that regard, it's uh, it's a pretty interesting place to live, and you know it, it, it put out a um, a regiment in in terms of the Civil War and in fighting on behalf of the Union that has a long and proud history there. Um, there's an oral history of of the regiment that you can find in the local library. So there's a lot to the place, and um, that was part of the reason I I kind of fell in love with it and, and wanted to settle down here uh, with my family. Yeah, that's great, Mike Sielski, our guest sports columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer, um, and you mentioned. Uh, the other central characters besides Doylestown itself being Brian and Colby. Just talk about them a little bit, how they were alike and maybe how they were different. Sure. Well, well, Brian Buckley, you know, if you remember anything about Central Bucks West football from the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know what a dynasty it was. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, they won 59 straight games at one point. Their head coach was Mike Pettin, who was probably the, the most accomplished and best high school football coach in Pennsylvania history, which is saying something given – the state's high school football history. He lived around, um, he, he lives like five minutes from here, by the way. I mean, he was uh, raised in Conshohocken, which is like yeah, around the corner from us. He grew up in Con- Yep, he grew up in Conshohocken, and you know, he won 326 games and lost only 42 in his career. And he was a legend. And Brian grew up knowing that all he wanted to do by the time he was 15 or 16 was play football for CB West. He grew up less than a mile from the high school. He could hear the games from his bedroom at night. Um, if he wasn't already there, you know, he could hear the drums of the band and all that kind of stuff. Colby grew up um, on the eastern side of town and wanting nothing more than to play for CB East 
and beat CB West. Uh, his, his dad and mom were East alumni. You know, he wanted to be the part of the team that knocked. That he wanted to be David to West's Goliath. Right. And so they were very similar in some regards, both very determined, you know, very goal oriented in what they wanted. Colby went on and went to Johns Hopkins as an undergrad and studied politics and knew from an early age that he wanted to enter the military and the army. It was something he always wanted to do. Brian was more inspired by the events of 9-11. He was a bit, wasn't quite sure about what direction he wanted his life to take. He had, he had tried to play college football. It hadn't gone as well as he would have hoped. And then 9-11 happened, and he thought, I have to be able to contribute. I'm an able-bodied male. I can do something uh, to help my country. And so he transferred to Villanova, joined the ROTC, and became a Marine. So in some regards, they were, they were very, very similar. And some other fairly significant regards, they were kind of different. But I like to think the connections are stronger than the differences. Mike Sielski, the award-winning sports columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer, author of the book Fading Echoes, a guest on our program. A forecast down to 42 tonight. May get a shower, thunder shower in the next few hours and clearing out. Nice weekend ahead, a little cool. Definitely cooler than today. We got over 70 today, which is great. 50 to high tomorrow, 46 for Sunday, but some sun and clouds each day. Flyers lost last night. They're at Toronto this evening. Sixers home against Sacramento. Phils beat Toronto 3-2 earlier this afternoon. Our Now That's Punny segment coming up a little bit later on. We're going to continue our conversation with Mike Sielski, though, first for a few more minutes. Coming up after this next break here on AM560 WFIL, WFIL WFIL.com. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 438 in the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL.com. Our conversation continues with Mike Sielski, the award-winning sports columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer. You spell his name S-I-E-L. S-K-I. So Mike Sielski, if you want to look him up online, uh, author of a book, besides the columns that he writes for all the Philly sports, he wrote a book called Fading Echoes. Uh, and it, as a disclaimer, there's some language in it just because I mean, you're dealing with football, you're dealing with the military and the story, though, that tells uh, a lot about the community of Doylestown, the Central Bucks, uh, Central Bucks football program that was a huge powerhouse for many years, especially the 70s through the 90s. And um, it, it's a uh, I don't want to give away too much, so I'll just kind of set it up that way. And you can, of course, listen to the podcast if you're just joining us now as to what the conversation has been about. But it, it does revolve around this, the, the town of Doylestown. It also revolves around a star player from both Central Bucks West and Central Bucks East. And uh, when you're writing a book like this, Mike, there's a lot of angles to it. And I'm guessing you also have to be really sensitive since there's a, you know, a tragedy involved with this as far as when you're interviewing parents and all that. Yeah, you know, I, I told um, Colby's parents, Mark and Nancy Umbrell, and I told Brian and his parents, uh, Bill and Connie, um, that I would do everything I could to be as accurate as I could and to treat their stories with as much sensitivity and dignity as I could. Um, but I was going to be honest, too. And I sat down for interviews with all four parents at various times, spent hours talking with them. And when the book came out, both mothers were not happy with some of the things that were in the book. It was interesting kind of how this broke down. I remember that Mark Umbrell told me that he, as soon as he got his first copy of the book, he sat down and read it from cover to cover. And then uh, he handed it to Nancy, and Nancy read it and was angry with me for some of the things Mm. that I had put in the book. And Mark told her, read it again. Take a day put it aside, then go back to it and read it again. 
And when she did that, she came out of it saying, okay, she felt much, much better about it. Wow. Um, yeah. Similar situation with Connie. You know, she felt like there were certain things in there that might be detrimental to Brian's career. Um, but he had given me the okay to put those details in the book. And, uh, and eventually after reading it, you know, I think she came around too. Although she told me at the time, there's a chapter in there that deals with Brian's um, uh, tenure in the military in Iraq. And at the time she had told me she had not read those chapters. I don't know if in the years since she has, but, you know, at the time that's what she mentioned to me. Yeah. Mike Sielski, our guest, uh, sports columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News Inquirer. He writes on all the Philly sports. And I don't know um, if you had a general comment on, because the book is, you know, certainly part football and part military. And then you talked about a little earlier in our conversation that the value of community and uh, all that. Is there is there a comment, though, or a thought you have on the on that relationship specifically between football and military, or maybe it's just athletics and military or, or how, you know, cause it's obviously those themes are very prevalent in the book. Yeah. I think we go overboard often with the football slash military comparisons, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and to a great degree, we almost don't think about the comparison. I, mean, you, I make this point in the book's preface that you, if you think about how the language of football is just laden with military jargon, you know, quarterback throws a bomb, you know, the defense is blitzing against them, um, you know, George Carlin made that point <laughs> in yes. a pretty famous stand-up comedy routine years ago, and he's right. Um, and I do think that coaches and players can go overboard with that. While football is a very debilitating and grueling sport, uh, you often hear players describe themselves or each other as warriors. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, what they're doing is physically demanding, but they're not fighting in battle. They are not really putting their lives on the line in the same way that a soldier or a Marine might. Um, so we can't go overboard with that. But I do think that sports at their best, uh, you know, can serve as uh, good preparation um, and good character building if they're applied the right way. Um, and I can say this also because now I'm a father. You know, I wasn't a father when I wrote that book and when I wrote Fading Echoes, but now I have a seven-year-old son and a four-year-old son, and the older one is involved in sports. He's playing basketball. He, you know, got involved in a running club last year. And, you know, I'm trying to, to help him keep those things in proper perspective. You know, he's a naturally competitive kid, and I'm kind of working as a dad to, to tell him, like, look, you know, there are certain things that are important about playing basketball when you're seven years old, and there are certain things that are not so important. And whether you make a particular shot or win a particular game is not that important. What is important is, are you out here learning the rules of the sport? Are you learning how to have fun? Are you learning how to pay attention in practice and follow what the coach is saying and do what he asks you to do with a drill? Um, And as he gets older, you know, there will be different lessons to apply. But I do think that those sorts of things are valuable. Um, and they can lay a groundwork for, you know, how a young person, be it a young boy like my son or a young girl, you know, whoever, yeah. um, you know, can can approach things later in life. You know, as you're talking there, we just chat with Mike Sielski on it's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. I'm thinking, you know, if you're a seven-year-old or a four-year-old, you know, if you're writing long enough, you're still a young man. Maybe you'll be able to write about your kids one day. Do you know of any sports writers who actually have done that? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't know if. Yeah, actually, um, Buzz Bissinger, uh, who wrote Friday Night Lights um, and, you know, Three Days in August about uh, Tony La Russa, um, did a whole memoir. His, he, his son is um, uh, of special needs, and he did a memoir about 
not necessarily about sports, but just about his relationship with his son, Zach. Um, I believe it's called Father's Day. Um, So, yeah, there's at least one example. But I don't know about – I'm not 100% sure about um, a a sports writer who's written about sports directly related to his or her children. I know know of writers who have sons and daughters who are excellent athletes, but I don't know that they've necessarily written books about that relationship. Yeah, just because you hear about – there are obviously the Ken Griffey Jr. and the senior, and you have all the players, the Boons and all the Bells and all the people Mm -hmm. who played – but I don't, yeah, I never thought if there's ever been a, someone who was really gifted at writing and then someone who's really gifted at playing and they happen to coincide with their life cycles. And uh, so anyway, just right. a thought. Did you have any – one last thing for you just for fun. With fade, Fading Echoes, I found as I was reading, even in the uh, – you mentioned the preface, you know, the, that was four years after Robert E. Lee's surrender, you know, that you got the first intercollegiate uh, you know, American uh, football game. I was like, wow, that's like football's old. I felt like so old. Yeah. <laughs> and but it's and, and it's local being was it Princeton and Rutgers were in that game. So mm-hmm. um, that's right. Yeah, but just thinking through that's kinda cool that's a local thing. You must have found even I don't know if there's a one one or two off the top of your head that were just interesting to you that are more on the you know, lighthearted side or something that you discovered as you were writing Fading Echoes. Well, one of the interesting things I thought, again, going to the preface, was that you know, the the extent to which President Woodrow Wilson uh, in preparation for World War II, had relied on uh, the Red Cross uh, to kind of prepare men for battle. Yeah. And the thinking at the time was that football and sports would be a way to prepare them for battle. And again, that gets to um, you know the things we were discussing earlier about right. how much seriousness do you place on sports, how, how directly do you draw the line between you know, what happens on the football field and what happens in the military battlefield. The gridiron, um, right. You know, yeah, exactly, <laughs> the gridiron. So um, that information was interesting to me about, yeah. um, you know, how, you know, it's the old line about, uh, you know, from the Duke of Wellington, you know, the Battle of Waterloo was won on the playing field of Eaton. Uh, and is that true? Is it not true? And how much weight should we put on that? President Wilson put a lot of weight on it. Um, yeah. And that to me was interesting. That's really cool. One day, uh, just put it in your calendar for some time down the road. It'd be fun to have you on for a little while just to talk about your craft. Um, because the whole process of being a writer in general, whether it's for a column, which is one animal altogether, where you have deadlines and things, or a piece where you have a little more room, maybe, compared to writing a book. I mean, you know, that might be fun because I know you do, I mean, um, you do some presentations, right? Or if people ever wanted to have you come speak at a, a, an event? Oh, or... I'd be happy to. Yeah, I do, I do it all the time. Go to schools and synagogues and, and rotary clubs and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm out, I'm out there. If you can find me, I'm, I'm happy to come talk to you if you're willing to listen. Okay, that sounds great. Well, it's a pleasure having right. you on, Mike. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tim. I enjoyed it. Mike Sielski, the award-winning sports columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer, joining us to spell his last name, S-I-E-L-S-K-I. And his first name, as you might imagine, M-I-K-E. Mike Sielski, you can Google him. And uh, these days, it's a lot easier to find people if you just type in their name, obviously. And so whether you'd like him to do some speaking or just to read his uh, columns, he writes several uh, each week on all the Philly sports. You can do it that way, too. All right, we have a short break, and then coming up to cap off our famous Friday show, we have a fine edition of Now That's Punny. We also have a Duncan Wawa thing we need to do. So how about uh, while we go into the break here, you give a quick call, 800-560-WFIL. If you want to win a gift card from Duncan or Wawa, we'll hook you up. 800-560-9345 right now to win with WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email Timmy D at WFIL.com. 
It's 4.51 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thank you for tuning in. And just to back up what that little uh, spot there talked about, the Ministry of the Month, Pastor Raul Reese and Somebody Loves You, everybody can go to our website and request a copy of that uh, CD, which features uh, Bible study from the book of Ephesians. So it's not like a, you have to maybe win. You will win. You will get. You will receive. And then there is something you can enter to win, too. So it's a pretty cool deal, WFIL.com. And by the way, we're looking forward to having Pastor Al Reese on the program this coming Monday afternoon for about the first half of the show. But before we do that, because it's a Friday and our famous Friday show, indeed, it's time for Now That's Punny. Joe, are you ready? Shoulder shrug. That seems about right for this segment. A shoulder shrug. Joe, I don't know. Um, we just had Mike Sealski on as an author, of course. Did you know that I'm an author? Yeah. I wrote a book about religious women. If you happen to go to your local library, you'll find it in the nonfiction section. Come on. I'm guessing, I don't know, but... After cosmetic surgery, a pelican would face a huge bill. <laughs> Thank you very much. Joe, I don't like to I don't like to tell people what to do, but I want to tell you, whatever you do, don't trust atoms. They make up everything. Thank you. What do you call the security outside of a Samsung store? Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Thank you. And that's in honor of my Galaxy Note 5, which I've had for 100 years. I'm glad I don't have to have the latest. Works well for me. I'm one of the few that doesn't have an iPhone, but I like my, my droid. My first ever job, I want to tell you a couple things here, Joe, about my work history before coming to WFIL. My first ever job was working in an orange juice factory. Unfortunately, I got canned. Just couldn't concentrate. Hey. Then I wound up working at a calendar factory and I got fired because I took a day off. Thank you very much. <laughs> On a more serious note, did you hear about the kidnapping at school? It's okay. He woke up. The kidnapping. <laughs> the kidnapping at school. Man. My wife and I, uh, generally, we have a very good marriage. However, recently, I accidentally handed her a glue stick instead of her chapstick. She still isn't talking to me. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Hey, no need to be mean. In the news, police have arrested the world tongue twister champion. I imagine they'll give him a tough sentence. <laughs> you like that one, don't you, Joe? Speaking of which, what do you call a laughing motorcycle? A Yamaha. Ha ha. 
You need to find one of the sound effects that has a shaking their head kind of a thing, which is exactly what you're doing right now. Uh, I did mention my wife a moment ago, and I have to give her credit for doing a great job decluttering the house the past few weeks. She uh, did decide to get rid of our Hoover. It was just collecting dust. (laughs) You look look so stern. (laughs) Joe's shaking his head and looking at the floor. Um, A little known fact. You got the sweet Georgia Brown music playing underneath, which I love. It's a fun song. Little known fact. Cinderella actually played basketball as a young lady. But she got thrown off the team. Because she ran away from the ball. I mean, what are you going to do? They're getting worse, Joe? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. We're going to have a global perspective on this next one. Why would someone want to live in Switzerland? Well, for starters, the flag is a big plus. Yeah. Indeed. <sighs> I mentioned a couple <laughs> I like that laugh I mentioned my uh, work history before I, I forgot one uh, I actually worked at Superfresh for about six months Which I enjoyed It was a small store, had six lanes Usually five because lane six was often not working But I liked that because it was a, an opportunity to meet people And know folks, not like a huge you know, supermarket Anyway, we had one main rule at Superfresh The customer gets to decide if they want paper or plastic Because baggers can't be choosers. (laughs) You know, we've talked about streaming the show online, like the video. This is one example. I I don't think it makes much sense when I'm sitting here just doing stuff. But for your reaction alone, Joe, the various positions, the different ways you cover your face, your eyes, you're shaking your head. I think we have to investigate, at least for Friday, for this segment, to have you on board. All right. Uh, I've been talking about my wife. I might as well say one more. She loves a good bargain. Weather's getting warmer. Uh, If there is a flea market nearby, she is itching to go. Thank you. That was generous of you. Last but not least, speaking of summers, a few summers ago, I took a little trip throughout Europe. Stopped at a monastery. Had a tour, including the kitchen of the monastery. And a brother was frying chips. I asked him, are you the friar? He said, no, I'm, I'm the chipmunk. Chipmunk. Sorry. <clears throat> well, that does it for Now That's Punny, our fine Friday, famous Friday show segment that we cap off our program with. Thank you. Tip your waitress. Enjoy the video. We'll be here all weekend. Actually, I'm leaving now. We're going to turn things over to Jim Maxim. Acts 413 Ministries, he'll lead in prayer next. Don't forget, the Casting Crowns Getaway Giveaway wraps up at midnight tonight. If you want to win a trip for two to Minneapolis to see Casting Crowns in concert, or perhaps a trip for two to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., get to WFIL.com, click the Casting Crowns Getaway uh, Giveaway banner at WFIL.com by midnight tonight. See ya! Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.